0: This is the Reluctant Leader podcast, the podcast designed to help you if you've landed a leadership role through no fault of your own and now need to find out what you should be doing. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and have been there and know what it feels like and made all the mistakes. In each episode, I'll be getting grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. You'll find out why they do what they do and take away some top tips you can use to become a more confident leader. For more content and to keep in touch with how the project is developing, go to www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. If you have any comments about the episode, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. So let's crack on with the show. Today I'm talking to Hugh Liddell. Hugh is the sales wizard at Redcap Sales Coaching and Elite Sales Academy, where you can learn to make selling easy, fun and profitable. He specialises in helping service oriented businesses dramatically increase their conversion ratios, sales, and revenues. Hugh's sales training and coaching come from almost 50 years of in-the-field sales and sales management experience, so you get real-life experience of his teachings, not just something out of a textbook. Hugh is the author of Take the Icky and the Scary Out of Sales, which is available in paperback or Kindle versions at amazon.co.uk or .com. He's also radio talk show host. His show, Sales Chalk Talk, is available on iTunes. I hope you enjoy this chat. We have all about sales, and I'll catch you all on the other side. Hugh, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Well, thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. I've been very much looking forward to this conversation as um, I've been on the other side of the mic, as it were, and you've invited me kindly onto your um, sales talk and to talk about what I do. So it's nice to be in this position um, and to obviously um, give the opportunity to talk about what you do and obviously in relation to leadership. But before we get stuck into that uh, topic... Um, I think, well, it's the question I ask all my guests, and that is, why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down that path?
1: Well, 50 years ago, (laughs) I was just getting out of the Air Force, and I had a number of different job opportunities that were available to me when I did that, and I really liked the idea of doing sales, because... When you're selling on commission, there isn't any kind of a ceiling on your income. You can make whatever you make. You can create your own paycheck. You can laugh your way all the way to the bank, or at least that's what I thought. (laughs) So I started working as a salesperson uh, way back 50 years ago, and it's what I've done the majority of my life. And When I first started out, Mark, I was terrible. Uh, I thought it was just going to be so easy because I like to talk to people and I'm a good talker and I'm fairly persuasive. And I thought it was just going to be really, really easy. And I found out that it wasn't easy at all. And in the early days of my sales career, it's a good thing that, that hearing the word no is not fatal. Because I'd have been dead back in 1969 or 70, uh, if that was the case. So uh, I, I had to learn as I went along. And the only thing that I really had going for me was that I was too stubborn to quit. And so I just kept on and kept on and kept on and kept talking to people. And eventually, I... Had some people who mentored me some and taught me some things about selling. I read some good books, listened to some good recordings, and I learned more and more about how to sell and got pretty good at it. And in 2008, I was working as a sales manager for a local dairy in Colorado. And I had a crew of varied between 12 and 15 people who went out and sold subscriptions for milk delivery. And it was a great dairy. They had their own cows, their own bottling plant, uh, bottled in in glass bottles. It was just really, really a good company. And my sales teams were just kicking it. We were making more money for the dairy than uh, you could shake a stick at. And I did everything from writing their sales manual to writing their scripts, Trained the new people who were coming on, managed the people who were out in the field, and continued their education. And so I was doing all of the things that I do now as a sales coach, and even more. And I was getting paid a salary for doing that. And as time went on, there was a, there was a challenge with one of the people in. Um, the corporate structure who got involved with one of my salespeople and wasn't being quiet about it. And it was really causing problems with my sales team. And I spoke up about that. And the result was that I was let go (laughs) and the other person (laughs) stayed on. So my wife and I had been talking for, uh, actually for several years about the fact that with the things that I was doing for that one company, that if I could help a variety of companies be better at sales and increase their sales and their revenue, that that would help me earn more money and it would be good for a broad range of companies rather than just one. And so when I left, uh, was forced to leave that company. Um, I, I started my sales coaching business and that was in 2008 and I've never had so much fun in my entire life, Mark, as, uh, <laughs> I've had doing this. And I was uh, honored and blessed to have you as one of my clients. And I'm so proud that you've become a sales superstar. Well, I'm not
0: sure I would go that far, but, you know, I think um, one of the things that we have to get over um, in, I mean, my my background was sales within a a retail environment. And Mm -hmm. and that is a a totally different thing to selling a service. Uh, And I think more and more people are selling services these days rather than products. Um, right. And when it comes to, to selling a, a service, there is, you know, there is a, a, one thing that I've learned is that having the right mindset
1: is really important. Uh, is that something you'd agree with? I, I agree with that totally. That's probably the most important thing. It's important to build your skills and it's important to know how to have a really good, effective sales conversation. And if you enter into the sales conversation with the wrong mindset, then you're not going to have a successful conversation. You're not going to have a positive buying uh, decision the majority of the time. And that mindset really starts with what our jobs are in selling services. and. Our job in selling services is not to get other people to do what we want them to do or what we think they should do or what we even know they should do. It's about helping people do what they want to do. And it's not about pushing them or twisting their arm or uh, trying to uh, use shame or argument or any of those kinds of things to get them to do something. It's about leading them through a conversation that brings them to a point where they're able to make a decision about whether they want to take advantage of the service or whether they don't. So uh, there's a whole technique in having a sales conversation that does lead people to that place.
0: Yeah, and, and you know it's, it is a um, a skill, um, and um, you've, you've mentioned that you've been doing it for fifty years. Um, yep. And so, so do you think you've cracked it? Do you think you've you've got everything you need to know now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a great believer in the adage that learning is a lifetime project, and so I. I read extensively about selling. I listen to podcasts and, and seminars about selling, and I'm constantly learning and growing in my own knowledge of sales and then able to pass that along to my clients.
0: Right. Yes, and I know you've written written books. Um, I've I've written. Oh, sorry, read one of them. Um, and our, our, in our preamble before we started recording this podcast, you you mentioned that you're in the process of rewriting that book. Um, yes, and obviously that's adding some new learnings, I suppose. And what what would be those key things that have changed since you originally bought uh, um, read that the uh, read? Um,
1: Um, um, wrote that book? I'm constantly revising sales scripts and finding more effective ways to say some of the things that need to be said. Um, The value statements that are made, the questions that are asked, the objections that are answered. And so the third edition, like the second one, is going to be an upgrade and an update of uh, what I originally wrote in some of those contexts, and just just some updated examples, some updated scripting actually in the book. And so it's it's not going to be brand new in terms of the overall feel of it. There's just going to be different detail in it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. uh, Not so long ago, I went into a car sales room to look at, um, as you do, just have a look at some new cars and things because you think um, I'd like a new car at some point. And I I got talking to the the sales guy, and I did notice that it, it wasn't anywhere near the same environment as it used to be. And I said, well, you know, it feels different. What's different? He said, well, we don't really sell these days because what we do is we assume that most people have done their research already online. And is that something you're coming across more and more?
1: It is true that you don't have to do a product presentation Now you're still selling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the, the phrase, Oh, we don't have to sell this is silly. Mm. <laughs> of course it has to be sold. And a part of that is if, if I go in, even if I know what car I want and I know uh, how much I want to pay for it and everything's going just fine. If I don't like the salesperson, <laughs> uh, I may not buy if the salesperson isn't good at building rapport and if I don't really feel a connection with that person, I might go find somebody else to buy the same car from. So uh, there is selling that that needs to take place in that that process. But it is true that with the internet, buyers are much more sophisticated and usually they've done their research, they know pretty much what they want to do and It's just a matter of who they're going to buy that from. And so you don't have to do a product presentation. If you're selling a service, you don't have to have a thousand flip charts or you don't have to go in with an iPad and have a presentation all planned out on it about what your product or your service is all about. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, What you need to do when you have a sales conversation, and this is part of the process of leading someone in a sales conversation, you need to ask a ton of open-ended questions so that you can find out whether somebody is really a candidate for your service, whether they really need what you're selling and want what you're selling. And you have to find out what they want. What's the, what's the problem that they're trying to solve? Why would they want the service that you provide? If you're a coach and uh, Mark, I know that you do a lot of coaching and work with a lot of folks who are are coaches um, people don't want coaching but they want the result that comes from coaching they don't want sales coaching I'm a sales coach they don't nobody wants to have a sales coach they want the result that comes from having a sales coach they want to be able to make more sales and make more money and so in Um, having conversations with people about sales coaching I don't try to convince them that they should have sales coaching I ask them questions about what's going on in their business and what's going on with their sales that they want to change what do they want to be different do they need more people in the door do they need to be able to convert more of those into, into clients what is it that they really need and what is it that they really want? And anybody can do that with their, with their own service. So um, asking questions and finding out, first of all, what they want and why they want it. Yeah. And, yeah. and secondly, <laughs> then to find out whether they actually qualify to be your client. Because not everybody that you talk to is going to qualify to be your client. Uh, They may not have enough money. They may not be willing to invest the time. Uh, They may not be willing to be coached. And if you find that out during a sales conversation, you're probably not going to take them on as client. And you
0: get a certain amount of intuition, don't you, whether you're you're a fit, whether you're actually, the conversation is going well enough that you can actually work together. Because it's very important to to, to, to be working with people that you get on with, um, because otherwise it's almost like pushing water uphill,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Let me give you an illustration of leading through asking questions instead of telling people about your your service or your product and what it can do and and how it works and all of those different kinds of things. Several years ago, I was talking with a a woman about doing some sales coaching, and she was in a a service-oriented business, and her product... Uh, the product that she had available as a part of that service, uh, there was a really good price point. She could make a considerable amount of money doing that. And I asked her what she wanted her business to look like a year down the road. And she said, I want to be earning $250,000 a year in my business. I, now, I could have stopped right there and talked with her about Oh, you know, with your price point, if you learn a little bit about sales, you can earn $250,000. Instead, I wanted to find out why she wanted $250,000. So I asked her, um, you know, that's a really good goal. What's important about $250,000? She said, well, if I had $250,000 um, a year, then I could quit my regular job and just work on my business. And so, uh, I could quit my job. that's that's why I want the two fifty. Mm. I said, Well, what's important about quitting your job? And she said, Well, it would give me time freedom to do other things I want to do. And I said, Well, you know it sounds like having time freedom is really, really important to you. what's What's so important to you about having time freedom? And she was really quiet for a minute. and Then she just burst into tears, and she said, "Um, I have a little granddaughter, and both of her parents work. My daughter and her husband both work, and I only get to take care of her. I only get to babysit her one day a week because I have to work the rest of the time. I want to be there and be with my granddaughter all day, every day, and then work on my business at night. And if I have enough income coming from my business, I can do that. As long as I'm still working on my job, I can't. Well, now I knew what she wanted and why she wanted it. Mm. So, so from that point on, I could just lead her um, through the sales conversation by talking about how wonderful it was going to be when she was able to spend time with her uh, with her granddaughter. And she, actually, her daughter was pregnant again, and, and was going to have a grandson. So she was going to be able to babysit with both of those kids. And we talked about how cool it was going to be for her to be able to take them for walks and read them stories and just spend time with them and really make sure they were okay and being well taken care of. So that's an example of leading somebody through a conversation to bring them to a point where they're ready to decide whether having your service is going to bless their life or whether they really are not going to be that interested in it, whether it's a good fit or whether it isn't.
0: That's that's a really good story. And I think um, we're all, um, we we call ourselves coaches um, or mentors or trainers or whatever we want to call ourselves. Actually, what we're doing in most cases are guiding people to the place where they want to be, isn't it? And it's, it's bridging that gap where they are, where they want to be, And hopefully, we are the person that is going to guide them to the place where they want to be. And like you just described, have the lifestyle that they've always dreamt of in in some way that they haven't been able to
1: attain before. What people want in a sales conversation is way more important than what they need. Now, you mentioned going out to uh, look at a new car. And uh, so I have a question for you. (laughs) Uh, what kind of shape is your old car in? <laughs> it's, it per, still,
0: it's perfectly serviceable. It wasn't a, anything about a, a need. It was more so about... It,
1: it starts <laughs> and gets you where you want to go. So <laughs> yes. it, it wasn't about a need. It was about a want. And yeah. so if the salesperson found out what you, what you wanted and what you were really looking for and why you wanted that, uh, probably your buying decision would have been a, a positive one. Uh, yeah. because. What you wanted was more important in that conversation than what you needed. You didn't need a new car. Uh, you just wanted a new car. Yeah. And, but I, and but the interesting
0: thing is that I went in looking at cars, but, you know, it was obviously there's a lot going on in the automotive industry with the transition from, you know, from petrol, diesel to electric. Uh, and he wasn't able to convince me really that it was a good time to buy because. You know, you, you, uh, and, and that was probably the thing, his downfall. Um, I wasn't convinced that it was a good time to buy and, and I sort of shelved my ideas probably for another 12 months or so. So, mm-hmm. you know, nothing to do with the, the relationship we had, but he just obviously didn't say enough to think that uh, or to convince me. Uh, but What would well, have made it a good time for you to buy? Well, um, that's a good point, actually. Um, what would have been, I, I suppose I was... I, I, I wasn't in the, the, the position where I, I really wanted it. I, I was probably needing someone to sort of really say, oh, it's a great time as we've got, you know, we've got this offer on or whatever it is and, you know, and look at my existing car and say, oh, yeah, it's a great time. You know, we can give you a good trading for that. But none of it really sort of stood, um, stacked, um, stacked up to, to feel that I really wanted to make that purchase. But we're going to slip a little bit off, off track here. But I think okay. when, when it comes to sales leadership, um, um, I've, I've had conversations on the podcast about marketing and, and talking about pretty much everyone's involved with marketing these days, from the person that answered the phone to, you know, the MD, CEO, or what you want to call him? And it's about having a, a, a marketing ethos that goes through the the company. And I guess it's very similar with sales, isn't it? Everyone really that's working for an organization, it has really a sales um, role, haven't they? Well,
1: that, that is exactly true. And uh, there, there are a number of different aspects to that. <laughs> One is that uh, people care about the result that they can get. So in your marketing, talking with people about what they can have... And using you statements and telling them you can have, you can do, you can be, you can enjoy, you can take advantage of, you can you can whatever, whatever the result is. Um, that's way more important than talking about how great your product or service is. And I'll give you an example of that. I love bacon. I love almost anything that comes off a of pig, but bacon is my favorite. I don't care how it's made. I don't care what's in it. (laughs) The only thing I care about is when it comes out of the frying pan and it's sitting on the plate next to my eggs or my pancakes. Uh, If it makes it my tongue jump up and beat my brains out because it tastes (laughs) so good. That's, that's what I care about. I care about the result. I don't care about the process so much. So, uh, so in marketing or in selling, when you're leading somebody in that sales conversation, talk to them about the result that they can have Yeah. and if you found out earlier in the conversation by asking questions exactly what they want and you know that you can give that to them then tell them very directly using you statements that you can have that Um, you're your employees aren't getting along with each other. They're arguing constantly and they're not being productive because they're not pulling together as a team. And you have a service that can help them correct that. Tell them you, you mentioned that your employees aren't getting along and that that's hurting the productivity of your company. It doesn't have to be that way. That can change and it can change in very short order. And it can change because your employees can find out how to interact with each other in a really positive way and pull together as a team. And it just takes some work and some coaching and it's totally possible. How how does that sound to you? Oh, Uh, if I could just get them to do that, it'd be awesome. Super. And you're most of the way to a positive buying decision, you know, not because you push, but because you just told them they can have what they want. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm yeah and uh,
0: it's it's just um yeah you're absolutely right and 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 we've already talked about the mindset it's actually been in a mindset where you're there just to help someone and if you're in the mindset if you're there to sell something really you're not in that the, the best place what you want to be is that you know you're having a conversation to help that person and the conversation is really about can i help you can i get you, help you get from a to b and if that is if I am the right person, then it's a matter about just how that's going to be delivered, isn't it? That's that's how I see it. And from a non-salesy sort of person, that sort of works for me.
1: Yeah, and, and we can't let our focus drift away in a sales conversation with somebody from helping them get what they want. If if our focus drifts to I really need to make the money, I've got to get this person to do this. Um I have a stack of bills on my desk that have to be paid and I I haven't made very many sales yet this month. Uh, If our focus drifts there, people will feel that and they won't buy. Uh, Even if it's something like I just had a disagreement with my significant other before I walked out the door to come to the office and I'm still thinking about that. Or I'm thinking about a challenge with my kids or I'm thinking about going down to the pub to raise a few with my friends after work. If the focus is, it drifts anywhere besides that prospect and what they want, finding out what they want and helping them get it, the prospect will feel that. There's an energy that passes mm-hmm. between a salesperson and a prospect, mm-hmm. between a leader and somebody who's being led. And if they sense that you're not working for their best good, and not trying to help them that you're just trying to get something for yourself. That's not going to be a successful conversation and whatever, even if you're talking to your, your spouse, your significant other, and you'd like, you'd like for them to do something differently, or you'd like for them to do something with you. Um, if it's all about you and your focus is on you and what you want, instead of helping them have what they want, they'll sense that and they'll be much less likely to uh, agree to participate with you in, in whatever it is um, hmm. than if they know that you really are looking out for their best good and trying to help them have what they want.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just going back to the sales leadership, um, which is the sort of topic we're talking about today. Um, if, you've, if you've got someone that's in a, a, a leadership role and is leading a sales team, is there particular things that they should be thinking of uh, thinking about if they are, you know, directing that sales team that we haven't covered so far?
1: Absolutely, and my experience with sales managers in the past people who have um, managed me is that usually it's a process of trying to put pressure on people to go out and perform and you need to do this if you want to keep your job you have to make your numbers you have to do this you have to do that you have to go and, and do whatever a much more effective way of Leading a salesperson, and this is especially true of salesperson of salespeople, because we tend to be a more independent type of folks. We're we're not the kind of folks that just like to go along with the rules and regulations, and you know, we want to have some freedom in our lives. And so, the best way to lead a salesperson is to have a conversation with them about what they want and what they're trying to achieve and then coach them and train them to do the things that they need to do to have the results that they want. It's, it's more important for you to be talking to your salespeople about what the money that they can bring in for themselves. If they do certain things, than the money that they can bring in for the company, oh, yeah. and, and it, if you send somebody into a sales conversation, and I've, I've seen this happen, it hasn't happened to me, and I I haven't done it to anybody in managing salespeople, but I've seen it done. Someone's ready to go out uh, on a sales call, and the sales manager says to them, "Look, you know, you, you haven't been doing very well this month, and uh, you know, if you don't if you don't get a couple of sales this week, I'm going to have to let you go." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is that salesperson's focus <laughs> when they go into the sales conversation? It's on I've got to get this person to do this because you know I've gotta get I've gotta get the commission and I've gotta get the sale because the sales manager is gonna fire me if I don't get some sales. And the prospect on the other side of the table is thinking This person, you know, I can smell commission breath five miles away. This person's just trying to get money out of me. They don't care anything about me. And so sending out a salesperson and leading them in a positive frame of reference and helping them get their mindset right before they go into the, into the, the sales conversation is going to be much more effective then browbeating them or threatening them or um, just trying to get them to do what you want them to do the way that you want them to do it. Talk with them about what their ideas are and guide them and coach them and lead them. And that's my best advice about that, Mark.
0: That's, uh, no, I think that's brilliant advice because the, the temptation is, like you, like you mentioned, is to, you know, put something that is hang you know hanging over their heads which as you say is counterproductive and I like that what was it you said um, uh, commission breath <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean it, it, you're absolutely right if someone is desperate to sell something to you then it it you could pick it up a mile away like you say it's, it's it's weird isn't it it's that that's something that you can detect they're just trying to sell something for maybe the wrong reasons um, So yes, really interesting. Uh, Sadly, sadly, our our time is running out and um, it's been really interesting uh, as I expected it would be. Um, But before we end um, each of the podcasts, what I like to do is ask my guests to leave us with some, some golden nuggets, um, some three top tips that you would give to somebody in a leadership position um that maybe just summing up what we've already talked about, but there might be something else you want to mention. what What would those top tips be that our listeners can take away
1: from listening today? Before you go into a conversation with someone, uh, know what you're gonna say. If you're going to, to effectively lead a conversation, you have to know beforehand what you're going to say. And there are, are a lot of people who resist scripting because they, they think that it's going to sound canned. You, you can take a script and you can work on it and practice it, memorize it, rehearse it until it's just second nature to you and it's not canned at all. Um, you do that when you're going to have a conversation about something really important with a family member or a friend. You don't just go in and start talking off the top of your head. You think about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it because the result is important to you and it's not any different in, in leading someone in a sales conversation. So that's first. The second is about mindset. And that is before you have a sales conversation with somebody or really a conversation with anybody, really stop and get your mind in the framework of helping people do what they want to do before you go into the sales conversation, just take a second and think I'm going to go in and just have a marvelous conversation with this person. I'm going to find out what they want and why they want it. If I can help them with that, I'm going to help them with it. I'll offer to help them with it. If they think it's a good idea, then I'll have a new client. And if I don't, that's okay. There'll be another new client that'll come along shortly and not be attached to the outcome. And, and so that would, be, that would be tip number two. Tip number three would be to make it a habit to ask your questions, all of your questions open-ended, no matter who you're talking with. Ask questions that start with who, what, where, why, when, or how, rather than asking questions that... Will Can be answered yes or no. It works marvelously with your prospective uh, clients, with your significant other, with your children, with your friends, anybody. You'll get more information, you'll have more fun, uh, you'll have better conversations if you ask all your questions open ended. And if you're telling somebody about your product or your service, tell them about the result and use you statements. Tell them you can have. And tell them what the results going to be. And that's my big three, Mark. Fantastic. Thank you
0: for that, Hugh. And as I was talking, as I was mentioned to you earlier, I was talking to people, I gave them the question of who's a leader in the in the room earlier and I know about one person put the uh, hand up. And then when I asked it, like reframed and it, it said, well, actually, who in the room needs to positively influence others uh, and then all of a sudden everybody put their hand up and that that's what it's about isn't it it's about having that mentality that you're there you want to make a positive difference and it's not just
1: about selling something is it it's not you're absolutely right
0: fantastic thank you Hugh, for your time today i much appreciate it um and as i was expecting high value um and I hope that we'll be able to have a chat about something else in the future. But for now, I will uh, say um, cheerio and and hopefully
1: um, we will have the chance to do it all again sometime soon. Mark, thank you so much. And as always, whenever I talk with you, it's just been a total pleasure.
0: thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoyed it please take a moment to leave a review don't forget to check out the reluctant leader project at www.thereluctantleader.co.uk make a note to start stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode and until next time be the best you can be